Hello, welcome to Adapt, episode 24, which is brought to you by Text Expander from Smile. My name is Ryan Christoffel, and I'm joined by my co-host, Federico Vatici. How are you, Federico? I'm good, Ryan. Hi, how are you? I'm great. I've been enjoying a lot of I've had lately. <laughs> you, my friend, have done the unspeakable. You you have bought everything. You you purchased every everything that is new on the Apple Store. Well, you know, I did not purchase that Logitech uh, keyboard <laughs> okay. for the sure. the regular iPad and the iPad Air, but I don't have an iPad or iPad Air, so that makes sense. Uh huh. So first of all, what I want to say is that last episode of Adapt, we said, well, we don't, unfortunately, we don't think the Magic Keyboard is going to be available by the next time we record the show. And, well, I guess, you know... W- in in a weird and, and fortunate turn of events, that did not play out the way that we were expecting because we not only do we have the Magic Keyboard, uh, but you have two of them even, Ryan. What, what happened here? Yeah, it, it is funny. Apple seems to be on this pattern now, at least this year, of announcing things on a Wednesday, the week that we release an episode, but most of the time we record on Tuesday. And so that happened with the new iPad Pros that happened this time around with the Magic Keyboard surprisingly being released like a month ahead of when we expected it. And I, yeah, I, I bought the the 11-inch and the 12.9-inch versions because like we talked about last time, I really wanted to give the 11-inch model a try. Something that I don't think I shared last episode um, as we had all these discussions is I had already ordered the 11-inch before we talked and okay. uh, was planning to give it give it a test run, and um, so for some reason the order took a little while to come in. Um, I don't know if there was a backlog or what, but but it took a little while to come in, and so I ended up receiving on the same day from the same UPS delivery person the Magic Keyboard for the twelve point nine inch, and then the eleven inch iPad Pro with the Magic Keyboard for it. And also a, um, I forget what it's called, but it's a, it's an adapter. It has USB-C to HDMI and I think a couple mm. other things on there. But I ordered that so that I could connect to an external monitor for the first time. So I just decided that, you know, I really wanted to try all these new things out. And it just so happened that I, I got to try it all at the same time, which I wasn't expecting. So that was a really nice surprise, actually. Okay, okay. So now you have... Um... The 2020 11 inch iPad Pro? Yes. And the 2018 12.9 or 2020 12.9? 2018, yeah. yeah. 2018. I, I, that's right, because I did have a 2020 12.9 briefly in my possession that I never opened and I returned <laughs> but it. But you, re- you returned that. Yes. You got the 11 inch instead. And then you have the Magic Keyboards for both iPads. Right. So okay. I have been. Bouncing between these iPads uh, for the last week, mostly using the 11 inch, not not necessarily because, you know, that's my favorite iPad now. I don't want to comment on that at this moment, but because it's the one that I have the least experience with. So I've been trying to get a lot of time in with it, but I've been using both of them, uh, tried out, you know, an external monitor. I've been enjoying the Magic Keyboard, although I have a bit of a story related to that, um, which I guess we'll get to in a second. But yeah, it's been a, it's been a lot of iPad in my life and a lot of uh, 
I mean, it's, there's normally a lot of iPad in my life, but mm-hmm. it's been a lot of trying new things and testing new setups, and it's been fun. Right, right. And just for context, um, I have a 12.9-inch uh, 2018 iPad Pro, so I didn't get the new one. And I also have a Magic Keyboard that I was able, thankfully, to order in the U.S. English keyboard lay- layout from the Italian Apple Store. And that arrived... Uh, so we're recording this on Tuesday. It was last Monday. So it's been just a little over a week here with me. And uh, I was even able to put together some first impressions uh, that I published last week. Uh, that article went really well because, uh, again, I was not expecting to have a Magic Keyboard um, in April, let alone to be one of the first people to have one without having a review unit. See, so just uh, my order arrived super early and so I was able to put together these first impressions with some initial details and thoughts about the Magic Keyboard, and that story went really well. Uh, but yeah, uh, so we decided, because of this uh, interesting turn of events, that we would talk about Ryan's uh, experiment with two size iPads. And I think this is mostly going to be sort of a, a continuation of the discussion that we had two weeks ago about the fact that Ryan was intrigued by the idea of using an 11-inch iPad Pro in multiple configurations. That is, a small tablet, but also a laptop with a, with a, with a Magic Keyboard, and also a, a, an iPad that could output um, the screen to an external monitor. So how, how, what have you been doing with these two iPads and these two keyboards? Well, I thought maybe we could start with the keyboards because okay. that, that, that's the newest product here. Um, we haven't been able to talk about kind of what we thought of it and our, our experience with it. I know that, as, as you referenced, you wrote an article about it. You really love this keyboard. Uh, we've got yes. a link to that article in the show notes. Um, anything changed since you wrote that article last week? Um, not really. I mean, I love this keyboard. I, I really do. Um, uh, a couple of things that I have noticed, maybe, that the, of course, being a backlit keyboard, um, if I put in a lot of work in the late hours of the day, the iPad's battery seems to to drain a bit faster than usual. And again, that does not surprise me because, uh, you know, the backlit illumination needs to be powered by something. It's not just something that happens. It needs to get, you know, uh, energy somewhere. And that, that somewhere is the iPad Pro. So if I work late at night for several hours, I can tell the difference in terms of, oh, my, my iPad's battery is really low now. Um, and secondly, I, I, I still think that I have been really missing the ability to work with the iPad as a laptop, with a proper laptop configuration, because I find myself, even though I have a desk, I, have, you know, I can work from the kitchen table, I can work outside, but I just really like just putting the iPad with the Magic Keyboard on my lap and working that way whether it's in bed or on the sofa or just even in front of my desk. Sometimes I just work with a magic keyboard on my lap and I'm in front of my desk. I don't know why I just like, you know, the, the, the fact that it... I've been missing working with a laptop all these years, I guess. So maybe I'm overcompensating for the fact that I've been using the iPad in a different, uh, with a different setup all these years and maybe now that I can use it as a laptop again, I want to use it as a laptop as much as possible. Maybe this will stabilize over time, but right now that's where I'm at, basically. Okay, so I uh, let me comment on the backlighting because that's one thing that I think has been really nice in that I feel like the way that 
the keyboard automatically adjusts the backlighting has worked perfectly for me. There, there's never been a point where I wanted to change it, which I'm thankful for because same. Yeah, I know. You know, one kind of complaint, a little little minor nitpick from some reviewers of the keyboard is that you have to jump all the way into settings and into a few different screens to get to where you can adjust manually the brightness for the backlighting. Which in your article you shared a, a shortcut that gets you directly there, but but for me it's been perfect. So uh, that's been great. Uh, this keyboard has been quite a roller coaster for me in terms of what I think of it. Which it's funny because I, I've seen basically nothing but praise for it from everyone else, and um, so the the end of the story, which I'll start there, is that. Now I love it, and now I'm really happy oh with God. it. But <laughs> what do you mean now? What the- oh, okay, so it, yeah, outside of the fact that I've been trying two different iPad sizes, I've had this uh-huh. whole other adventure with the keyboard itself. It's it's been an emotional journey, Federico. Um, I okay. when I first started using the Magic Keyboard, both on the 11 inch and the 12.9 inch, I ran into a problem, which is that in the sitting configurations that I am normally in, it falls over. And Mm -hmm. I know that one of the regular comments from people who got the keyboard first was, oh, we were afraid that, you know, it would be top heavy and it would fall over. And yes, it's more top heavy, but it's fine on your lap and it doesn't fall over and it's great. I don't know if it's just my sitting positions or if it's the fact that I went in with different expectations. So if, you know, you were one of those first reviewers and you were expecting, oh no, it's probably going to fall over and then it didn't as much as you thought, then it would, you know, be great. Whereas for me, after I read all those reviews, I'm like, oh good, you know, lapability is not a problem for it. But then I got it and it was. So um, here's the thing. And, and maybe this is just a me problem. I don't know. But I, most of the time, I sit cross-legged with the iPad on my lap. Um, So I I live in New York City. I have a small apartment. There's not a whole lot of space. There's not a whole lot of options for, you know, how to sit or where to work. And uh, these days, um, my wife and I are both working from home. And so she's working at my desk, which honestly, I didn't use the desk a whole lot anyways, but she's working there. And so the options for me as to where I'm going to work are fairly limited. And where I've been working, and I did this a lot too before quarantine and, you know, pandemic and all that, but where I've been working is um, sitting up on my bed, which is near one of our windows, so that I get a great view out into the city, Um, and I I sit on my bed, and most of the time I'm cross-legged. Sometimes I have my legs stretched out in front of me. In both of those sitting arrangements, the Magic Keyboard is not great. Right, because cross-legged, I, I'm i guessing there isn't like enough surface. Like if you're putting, right. if you're crossing your legs and you're putting the Magic Keyboard in front of you, like where do you actually put it? Because you have like... Mm. Yeah, so it's, it, it's angled somewhat, but yeah, it's sitting in my lap. With the Smart Keyboard Folio, it's never been a problem. Um, it, it balances perfectly fine. It's not an issue at all. But with both the 11-inch and the 12.9-inch with the Magic Keyboard... I was finding that I, it would, 
I could potentially find a setup where if I didn't move at all and I stayed in this exact position, then I could balance it. But most of the time what I found was I would have to balance it by putting a little bit of pressure on you know the front right corner with my right hand, my right wrist as I'm using the trackpad. Right, okay. And so this was extremely annoying for one thing, just the idea that I have to worry about my iPad falling over constantly. But also, I started having RSI issues, and I wasn't sure, oh, is this because I'm using a trackpad and I haven't done that before, Uh, and it's a pretty small trackpad? Is it due to the keyboard? You know, the 11-inch keyboard is a little cramped, so I, I didn't know exactly what the cause was, but I believe what it is, now in hindsight is it was me putting pressure down on that corner with, you know, my hand and my wrist just to keep the iPad balanced constantly. Right. And so I was really, really sad and disappointed that things were playing out the way that they did because that's that's how I sit most of the time. And even, so the one other place where I could work in our apartment is on the sofa and when I'm sitting on the sofa, I also sit cross-legged. It's just... Oh, so you always sit cross-legged. Pretty much. I mean, yeah. The va- and I never do, so that explains why I, I, I haven't even mentioned this. Right. Mm. So the vast majority of the time, I do. And so, you know, I thought I, I could try to find a way to adjust how I sit, but I, I really couldn't do that sitting on my bed. And I really like sitting on the bed because it's right by the window. And so I had actually come to the point where... Um, I, for a little while, I stopped using the magic keyboard and went back to the smart keyboard folio. And when I did, I was like, oh, this is a breath of fresh air. This is so nice, which is just shocking to me that I, that I felt that way. But I mean, considering why it makes sense. Um, but I, for about half a day there, I was really sad because I was like, oh man, I don't think the magic keyboard is going to work for me. And I really mm-hmm. want it to. Mm-hmm. I, so and this is for both the 11 inch and the 12.9 inch yes, version. Yes, it, it applies okay. to both of them. Same same thing. Which there are some subtle differences. Uh, for example, the I'd say the 11 inch was a little easier to balance in my lap, but you know it's not it's not quite as heavy overall. Um, it feels less top heavy to me than the 12.9 inch, but it still wasn't it still wasn't as good as it needed to be. So it was a problem for both. And so I had actually come to the point of resigning myself to the fact that I just wasn't going to be able to use the magic keyboard and I would use the smart keyboard folio and I would have to live with that. And, you know, from the keyboard standpoint itself, that's fine. Like, I I really like the keyboard on the smart keyboard folio, but losing the built-in trackpad is what really Mm. disappointed me. And so I, I was thinking that that's what I would have to live with for half a day. And so then, this is the first day, the first day that you got the keyboard. Uh, yeah. So this is this is probably the second day. The second because day, okay. the first day I was I was just trying to like grin and bear it, like oh th- this has got to work, right? Maybe I'll get used to it. Maybe I'll whatever. Um, but yeah, this by the end of the second day, I was like, I don't think this is going to work. And and I switched to the smart keyboard folio, and I found it so much more enjoyable. And so what happened was on that third day. I tried to use some other type of setup to make it work. So like I would 
get a stack of thick books and put the <laughs> iPad with the magic keyboard on that stack in front of me and try to do it that way. Um, But you were still sitting cross-legged. Well, in this case, I had to like spread my legs out and put the books and it was like in the middle of my legs and it was, yeah, it, I, I tried. <laughs> Fortunately. Can't you just sit like a normal person? I, you know, <laughs> I guess I can't. I don't know. Um, the, the, the happy ending of the story okay. is that I discovered this problem is entirely solved okay. if I put the iPad with the magic keyboard on top of the smart keyboard folio when it's closed up folded. What? <laughs> uh, you're using the, the smart keyboard folio as like a mini tray table? Exactly. Oh my God. I am using the smart keyboard <laughs> folio and it's extremely valuable to me. It's like, I, I still love you smart keyboard folio, but for a different reason now, it all the time now, All the time, I have the iPad with the Magic Keyboard sitting on top of the Smart Keyboard Folio, <laughs> and that solves the balance issues entirely. It is bizarre. <laughs> It's, This I, is not what I was expecting at all. It's a very oh. strange story, I think, but, but I'm so happy. Like When, when I tried that, when I, after I tried the whole thing with books, I was like, well, what other surface could I put it on? And I was like, wait a minute. And I grabbed the smart cube portfolio that was folded up and I put the iPad on top of it and put it in my lap and voila, it was perfect. Oh my God. And I was so happy incredible. that, you know, I went from, oh man, this amazing accessory that I really, really have been looking forward to and I really, you know, expected that I would use for years to come, all of a sudden I can't use it to now, thanks to the smart cube portfolio method, I suppose. Um, it's perfect. It works great. No matter how I'm sitting, it balances both sizes of iPad with the keyboard. It's, it's absolutely perfect. And so I'm a very happy now Magic Keyboard user and Smart Keyboard Folio user in a, in a way. And, uh, and that's, <laughs> that's the end of my Magic Keyboard story. That, that is, uh, that is incredible, but it's also fascinating to me that like, that's all it takes Like, you can still sit cross-legged in whatever position you like. As long as you have that additional surface, it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's a stabilizing force. It keeps it flat, and I'm sure that other things would work, but the Smart Keyboard Folio is the perfect size for it. So I mean, you have one laying around anyway, exactly. so might as well use it. What was I going to do with it? So, yeah, uh, so that's my story. Um, we should probably get into talking more specifics of comparing the two iPads. We got some questions. Um, I got a lot of questions, actually. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I tweeted saying, you know, this is what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the two iPad sizes. And uh, there's a number of questions that relate to the Magic Keyboard, which maybe we should address first because people are asking about comparisons between the two sizes. Um, so there's one question about the trackpad dimensions. Right. Yeah, we got these questions a lot, actually. And I just, I, I just saved this first one. So... Um, I only have the 12.9 inch um, Magic Keyboard, uh, and I know that it's a five per 10 centimeter trackpad. It's one centimeter shorter than the trackpad in the Bridge Pro Plus, for context. It's a pretty small trackpad, but I don't have the 11 inch version as a, as a frame of reference. So, Ryan, how, like you've been using both of them, how much smaller is the, the trackpad in the, in the 11 inch? 
It's really not that much smaller. So oh. I, I tried to measure them, and so based on my measurements, they are both really close to four inches wide by two inches tall, which I don't know how that works in the metric system. I apologize. Sure. Um, so th- well, well, num- thankfully, numbers are half of each other anyway, five and ten, four and two. So yeah, that'll work, Okay, I guess. Okay, <laughs> so they are both just slightly less than four inches wide. The width, I think, is identical based on my measurements. Oh. The hmm. height, there's a slight difference. So sure. with the height, the 12.9-inch trackpad is right at two inches tall, while the 11-inch is just under two inches, it's not a huge difference. I mean, it, it certainly makes some level of difference on a trackpad that's so small already, just to have any change in size. The 11-inch is smaller, and you can kind of tell, but it hasn't bothered me at all. Um, if, you know, the bigger problem, I think, is not so much the 11-inch versus the 12.9-inch. It's more if you're used to a Mac trackpad, then moving to this size trackpad may be challenging, but it hasn't been a problem for me at all. Yeah, I I got used to the small trackpad relatively quickly, and I was coming from you know a couple of weeks of usage of the Magic Trackpad 2, which is a giant <laughs> external trackpad, but just getting used to the uh, to the Magic Keyboard was fine because you have to change your... like At least I had to change the way that I... Uh, place my hands on the keyboard anyway and so before i would just have my right hand like uh you know open on on the desk and interacting like with the magic trackpad to quite comfortably whereas now in a laptop configuration i mostly just use like uh, my uh, index finger and middle finger to interact with the trackpad and occasionally i use the three finger swipe gestures so, um, but otherwise my hands, like my fingers are on the keyboard. So I got used to that switch of like just, you know, m- placing my hands on the keyboard relatively quickly. And thankfully, I have never suffered from RSI issues. Um, I c- absolutely cannot um, sit cross-legged <laughs> like you, Ryan, uh, because of uh, like I had like this leg surgery years ago and that uh, that really... Um, had an impact on sort of like how much I can stretch and, and sort of how I can move my legs and whatnot. So sitting cross-legged is quite challenging for me, especially for prolonged periods of time. But thankfully, no hand issues in terms of RSI. And, you know, I know I have a lot of friends like Mike, for example, that need to be extremely careful with how they use keyboards and, and mice and even game controllers um, because they get like um, wrist um, pain, like even after a couple of hours. So thankfully, that is not the case for me. So using a small trackpad has been fine. Um, I, you know, I would like to go to the Apple Store and see what the 11-inch version is like, but, you know, Apple Stores are closed. So uh, eventually, I will go to an Apple Store and see this this trackpad. It's interesting to me that, though, that it's not that much smaller. What about the, because we also got this question, what about the uh, the space between the keyboard and the trackpad? How does that compare between the 11 and the 12.9? Yeah, the space between the keyboard and trackpad looks identical to me. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any difference there in the gap between the two. Um, the, the main problem, as I see it, with the 11-inch keyboard 
is that there are a bunch of half width keys. Right. Um, yeah. And like there's, there are a lot of them and it, it can be really challenging. And whether you are someone who has RSI issues, you may have a hard time, you know, typing on this just more cramped layout in the first place. Um, but even if that's not a problem for you, it, it really is annoying how much smaller so many keys are. Uh, essentially what Apple has done is the, you know, alphabetical keys and the number keys are normal size and almost every other key on the keyboard is smaller. And uh, there's, oh, there's wow. a couple exceptions to that. So the um, command key on the left side, uh, option and control on the left side are the same size as on the 12.9. On the right side, they're smaller. Um, the arrow keys, I guess, are the same size. But besides that, like shift key is smaller, return is smaller, uh, the delete key is smaller, uh, minus and equals, uh, caps lock, tab, shift, those are all smaller. And some of them aren't half width, um, but some of them are, and they're, they're really small. And so that, that could definitely be a problem for people. I, you know, it's livable for me, but it's, for me, it's the most annoying part about this smaller keyboard. Mm. So it can be a little awkward to use, I guess, if you, especially if you're like using those um, keys a lot. Um, so for example, like um, plus, equal, uh, the tilde, for example, uh, all those are half size. Right. Mm. 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 That's, if I ever want to use a Magic Keyboard for the 11-inch, that's going to be a problem for me. I bet. Um, hmm. Interesting. So... Another question that we got uh, that we received um, many versions of is the following. So how do the viewing angles compare between the 12.9 and the 11 inch? Now, the context for this question is that for several years, the uh, two versions of the smart keyboard folio had a different viewing angle uh, between the small iPad Pro and the big iPad Pro. I believe the problem was that the 11-inch iPad Pro when inside the Smart Keyboard Folio had a steeper angle than the 12.9, and that annoyed uh, some people. I believe that was the problem, that one of them, the angle was, was steeper and not ideal for working at a desk. I think that was the issue. Now, you've been using the two keyboards, Ryan. How do the viewing angles compare? Well, I don't have a way to measure the exact angle, but just based on looking at them, there is still a difference in the angle that you can get between the two. Uh, the 11-inch cannot be pushed back as much to where it's you know at a steeper angle or where it's uh, at a wider angle. Um, so the 12.9-inch is a little more flexible in how far back you can tilt it than the 11-inch. For me, it's not an issue, but if that really, really bugged you about the 11-inch smart keyboard folio, then maybe it'll bug you here. Uh, I never had the 11-inch smart keyboard, so I don't know kind of how it compares to that. Is is the difference as big as it was between those keyboards? Uh, I don't know, but for me, I can tell there is a difference. The 11-inch can't lean back quite as much as the 12.9-inch. Personally, it's not a problem, but it might be for other people. Interesting. So 
you how long have you been using the 12.9 inch iPad Pro, Ryan? It's been a couple of years at this point. Yeah, I mean, I've used the the 2018 model since it came out, but I was on the 2017 model before that and the 2015. So I've been on a 12.9 inch iPad for five years now. Interesting. So it's been a while. Um, so how are you finding uh, working on the 11 inch again? And I guess my, my follow-up question would be, uh, how are you splitting your time between the 12.9 and the 11 inch so far? So like I said earlier, I've mostly been using the 11 inch this week just so that I can get some more experience in with it. Um, I, I've obviously been going back to the 12.9 some to make comparisons, but for the most part, I've been trying to stick with the 11. Uh, I'm not using the two for different you know, purposes or anything like that. Um, I, I was never intending to become a multi-pad user and have multiple iPads going at once. Uh, my my goal in ordering everything was to find out what the best single iPad setup for me would be. And um, I want to go into detail in in a minute about kind of how I think the two devices compare. But maybe before mm. we get into that, I'd like to hear how you <laughs> dealt with the 11-inch iPad this past week. I know that you haven't been using it nearly as much as me because it's not new for you. Um, you've had the device already and you just used it in limited, you know, for u- limited reasons before. But um, part of the challenge this last episode that I gave was for both of us to use the 11 inch iPad Pro for half a day. Um, obviously, I exceeded that because of the, you know, unique circumstances. But for you, did you use it for half a day for your normal work? Uh, what was that like? So I tried to use it. I believe I used it for like. Uh four four hours maybe like short of five hours really um and it mostly it it really mostly confirmed my suspicions uh from before so it didn't make me change my mind on the 11 inch ipad pro so i just want to say this up front so you know sorry for the spoilers but i'm not you know i'm sticking with the 12.9 inch um the there are some points that I want to that I want to make and some aspects of the 11 inch that I want to call out because I really like them. Um, so the first thing I notice is that just how nicer it is the the form factor, the slightly different form factor aspect ratio of the 11 inch iPad Pro compared to the 12.9 when you're holding the device in portrait. So when you're holding the uh, the the 11 inch iPad Pro in portrait in your hands because you're reading something, for example, it is so much nicer because it's got this slightly taller aspect ratio that I think is ideal for books or just reading articles online. It just it's really nice to be held in portrait. And on the other hand, it's kind of weird to me when I use it in landscape. So I don't have Unfortunately, I don't have a smart keyboard folio or magic keyboard for the 11 inch. So my landscape usage was limited to just using the iPad in, in touch mode with the smart folio. So regular smart folio, no keyboard that I have. And in landscape, it, it maybe it's because I'm so used to the 12.9 inch, but it's so strange to have this wider aspect ratio. So it kind of compensates, you know, for the other orientation. It's so nice in portrait and it's so odd to me in landscape. Um, but one of the surprises that I that I noticed, and honestly, having been on the 12.9 inch iPad Pro, I'm not sure when this happened. Maybe it was iOS 12, maybe it was iPadOS. But I noticed that in landscape now, when you're using split view, 
the 11-inch iPad Pro does a better job at showing you full-size um, layouts if you have two apps on screen at the same time. For example, I noticed that in Safari, if you have two Safari windows open in split view on the 11-inch iPad Pro, you're, you're not forced to see the mobile compact layout of Safari anymore. You do get the tab view, so the, the tabs uh, the top of the of the window, they stay there. Whereas it used to be on smaller iPads, that when you were using Split View, uh, you would be, you know, Safari would revert to the compact layout where the tabs were only accessible like on the iPhone by tapping a bu uh, button in the bottom toolbar. Now that's not the case anymore. So I don't know if it was iPadOS that made the change, but it's very nice. Now, obviously this does not apply to all apps. There are still some apps that use a compact, layout when you're using split view on the 11 inch but i was really surprised to see that uh especially safari which i used a lot um because again i really liked reading stuff on this device i appreciated the change in split view have you noticed any other apps that support you know the regular view rather than the compact because I've, I've been testing this and as far as i can tell safari is the only app that that applies to uh, every other app that I tried, if it's in split view on the 11 inch, it is a compact layout. Now, obviously, it, it's it's not quite as narrow as it would be on an iPhone. Um, it's like a stretched out version of the compact layout. But you can't get in, say, Apple Mail, for example. You can't have your um, your list of emails alongside the sidebar with your mailboxes. Right. And so Safari seems to be an exception in this case where... For some reason, and I'm really thankful for it because it is the number one app that I would want kind of a, a more normal um, full-size view with. Like if, if, if I was given the option of a single app that didn't have to be compact, it would be Safari. So I'm glad about that. But I haven't seen it apply to any other apps. Yeah, it must have been a third-party app, uh, but I'm not honestly not sure which one at the moment. But I, I know that it was not an Apple app. It was a third-party app. And I thought, oh, these developers actually did the they're a nice thing in not reverting to um, the compact layout that I that I was sure they were going to use. But I can't remember which one. Uh, I was mostly surprised by Safari in terms of native apps. Um, which brings me to my final point, which is one of the best aspects of working on the 12.9-inch iPad Pro is the fact that I can um, take advantage of three-column layouts in landscape mode. And because I mostly use my iPad with a keyboard in landscape on my desk or on my lap, I really can take advantage of those three columns in apps like Mail and Notes, and there's some third-party apps that now let you see uh, three columns at the same time. And that is not the case with the with the 11-inch iPad Pro. So um, I did not change my mind in terms of you know using the 11-inch iPad Pro as a work machine. Uh, if anything, because everything is just so small, like, and I really do prefer to have bigger windows and bigger split views and three column layouts when I'm not using split view. But I, I have been developing an appreciation and maybe not an appreciation as much as an interest an intrigue in, in smaller iPads as, as, um, reading devices. And if anything, using the iPad pro Especially for reading, you know, I, you know, catching up on some stories that we had on the site and reading uh, other articles that we wanted to link on Mac stories. 
using the smaller iPad Pro, if anything, made me wish for an iPad mini even more. <laughs> and this is also due to John's article on Mac Stories a few weeks ago. But like the more I use a smaller iPad, the more I think, okay, I am never going to use this iPad for my work because I do prefer having the larger iPad Pro because of all the reasons that I mentioned before. But also, when I, when I hold the 11-inch Pro, I think, you know, it would actually be even nicer to have an even smaller uh, iPad, like an iPad mini that I could actually hold with one hand comfortably and be super compact and super small, but slightly bigger than a phone to read articles and stuff online and watch videos on YouTube. So the result of this challenge, Ryan, was that I came very, very close to clicking the bite button on the Apple Store for an iPad mini. Oh, well, I will just chalk that up to me being a bad influence by ordering so much you iPad are, stuff. <laughs> you are a bad influence. I, you know, of all the things I was expecting from this show, having Ryan become um, an, a bad influence in terms of purchasing decisions was not one of the things I had in mind, obviously. <laughs> but uh, that's where we are. So yeah, I, I am not... I love my 12.9-inch iPad Pro. In fact, I kind of want an even bigger iPad Pro. So I do not... I cannot... I just cannot envision myself going smaller with the iPad that I use as my main work machine. But I I really want to have an iPad mini as a, as a reading device. It just feels like a bad time to, you know, purchase an, an extra iPad right now. And also because maybe what if there's going to be an, an iPad mini refresh in the future? With like a prop, like a modern design with Face ID and no home button, but boy, do I really want one. Well, I'm glad that you have restrained yourself so far and not hit that yeah. buy button. Um, I tried, I tried, and I, like I had it in my shopping bag. I logged in with my account. I was ready, <laughs> and I thought, no, I, I just, I can't buy another iPad. So, but it's still there in the shopping bag. Oh, okay. Well, we'll see what happens in the future, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's about what i expected from your challenge other than the now wanting to buy an ipad mini but you know it not being the ipad that you want to do your work on you, you were pretty settled on that before and and you'd used it before but thanks for you know being a good sport and uh giving it a try anyways i'm glad you got a couple of insights out sure. of it yeah all right well i want to talk about my use of the 11 inch but before okay. we do that uh let me thank our sponsor for today this episode of Adapt is brought to you by Text Expander from our friends at Smile. Save time typing and boost your productivity with Text Expander. Text Expander lets you instantly insert snippets of text as you type using a quick search or an abbreviation. If you type something more than three times, make it a snippet and let Text Expander type it for you. Make snippets on one computer and then use them across all of your devices so that you're more productive everywhere you type. If you want to learn more about TextExpander, they do interesting webinars every month. You can sign up for the TextExpander beginner, advanced, and team webinars to learn more about boosting your productivity. You can find all of their webinars and sign up now at textexpander.com webinar. For many people, their work requires typing the same things over and over in a bunch of different places. And if that's true for you, then Text Expander can be a big time saver. Text Expander is available for macOS, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad, and Adapt listeners get 20% off their first year. 
Just go to textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more about TextExpander. It'll really boost your productivity. Check it out now. Textexpander.com slash podcast. Our thanks to TextExpander for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, let's get into it. I, I've had a surprising experience with the 11-inch iPad Pro. And it's been surprising in a couple of different ways. One way is that split view has not been the problem that I thought it would be. I was expecting that having to cram two apps side by side on a smaller screen would be a hindrance to my work, would make things more of a pain. Um, I, I thought it would bug me, and it honestly hasn't. You already covered a minute ago that you know Safari and then some third-party developers' apps will still have what seems more like a full iPad layout. Uh, lots of apps don't. But what I've discovered is that even with those apps that just have a compact layout now, I tend to, with lots of apps at least, when I'm working in split view, I tend to minimize the sidebar as it is. So for example, in apps like Apple Notes or Ulysses, where I'll write different things, where I'll store research materials, um, if I'm working in split view in one of those apps, I almost never have the sidebar on screen next to the, mm. the editor that I'm working in where I'm typing. I, there's something about when I'm in split view, it just seems too crowded for me. Even on the 12.9 inch, it seems too crowded to have on one side of the screen a sidebar and you know a text editor, and then on the other side of the screen some other app, and maybe even some other app that has a sidebar itself. So you've got kind of these four different parts of apps on screen. You know, two apps each have a sidebar, each have whatever the main um, view is, and it's just it's just never on the 12.9 inch. It's never been visually appealing to me it just seems too cluttered and so i really don't in split view keep that sidebar on screen um the only exception to this is slack so the one app that i really was annoyed at using it in split view on the 11 inch ipad pro was slack because i'm regularly switching to different channels in slack i'm regularly switching to different workspaces in slack and so the fact that I can't keep the sidebar on screen along with the main message thread. Um, that was an annoyance. But other than that, I was actually really pleasantly surprised that, that essentially, in some ways, using the 11-inch in split view, it saved me a step because I didn't have to manually close out the sidebar the way that I normally would in several apps. It just automatically did it for me because it couldn't fit the sidebar on screen at the same time. and so. Split view has actually been really nice. Um, I, other than Slack, I haven't had any any major annoyances in in how that works. Now, if Safari was a compact layout, and I mentioned this last time, then that would be entirely different because I, I don't like the way that Safari works on the iPhone where you've got cards and all that. I, I want my tabs. And so if Safari worked in compact mode, then I would mm. probably be telling a very different story right now. But because right. Apple kind of has made this exception for Safari, um, I'm 
really fine with how other apps generally work. So that was a surprise that split view is actually fine. Um, yes, the the screen is not as tall, so you can't see as much at once. But I mean, really, like how much can you like, especially if you're reading something or you're writing something, which those are the two things that I do most on my iPad. There's only so much that you can read at a time. There's only so much that you can, you know, put your focus on. And so it really hasn't bothered me that the the screen is a bit shorter and there's less text on screen. What has bothered me more, which is similarly surprising to me, is that full screen apps and just some other details of the iPadOS interface um, have been a little more of an annoyance to me. So you mentioned the three-column layout that some Apple apps have, such as Notes and Mail. When I'm working in full screen, I have missed that three-column layout on the 11-inch. It's really nice to have on the 12.9 to just have this overview of everything that you need, and you don't get that on the 11-inch. You have to do a little more navigating back and forth. Um, But I'm just really surprised by the fact that in split view, I'm fine with that. But in full screen, I've had more of a problem adjusting to the way that apps behave. Um, You know, there aren't that many, but I use Notes and Mail a lot. And even other apps such as uh, Morning Reader, that is a a really simple uh, tech news app that I use where you open the app and it'll show you 10 headlines for different articles, um, some that are just the top trending articles, some that are new. And on the 12.9-inch iPad Pro, it'll show me all 10 articles on screen at once because of the taller display. On the 11-inch, I have to scroll down to see the last two or three. And so even though that's an app I usually uh, open in full screen, it's not quite as you know efficient to use it on the 11-inch as it is on the 12.9. So that's a bit annoying. Um, in Safari, the favorites bar shows a few less websites. One thing that has really bugged me, and I wasn't expecting it, and I don't know why it works this way, but I use uh, Keychain a lot for, you know, inserting passwords on websites. And on the 11-inch, if you are on a site that has multiple different logins, so Slack is the primary one for me, but, um, you know, depending on the site, you may have multiple logins. The 11-inch in the keyboard row it won't show you all the options that you get on the 12.9 inch, depending on how many different logins you have stored in Keychain. So for example, I was, you know, after I set up the 11 inch, I was logging into different Slack workspaces. And I noticed that in the Keychain uh, section of the keyboard row, there is no um, key button. So uh, you'll notice sometimes there is a little key icon that allows you to access all of your saved login information across all websites um, and even across you know the ones that aren't showing up in the keyboard row. So if you have more than two or three logins for a particular site, the keyboard row can only fit so many. But then usually on the 12.9 inch, there's this key icon that you can tap to access the other ones. And that wasn't showing up for me on the 11 inch, which meant that I had to actually go into settings and go into passwords and accounts and copy the login information from there. 
And maybe that's a really niche use case. I don't know. Um, most people probably don't have several different logins for similar websites, but but that was an annoyance for me. Um, mm. I was, you know, having trouble adjusting a little bit to the way that the home screen and the dock worked in terms of keeping the um, the widgets on screen, for example, with the 11-inch, you can only view three widgets on screen at once versus the four that you can on the 12.9-inch if you're using the you know the compact layouts for the widgets. With apps in the dock, the 12.9-inch can hold up to 15, plus the commonly used that show up in the bottom right corner. The 11-inch can only show 13. So I had to figure out how to cut back the number of apps in my dock, which, you know, every every space there is really valuable to me. So that was a challenge. So there are a number of different things that were, you know, adjustments I didn't expect I'd have to make. Um, one other thing is that with text size, I ended up deciding to reduce the text size with dynamic text um, by one setting from what the default is. The, the default, I used it for a few days because I wanted to give it a shot, see if I would adjust to it. But um, making everything just a little bit smaller seemed like it matched up better with how things uh, look on the 12.9-inch model. And so that's what I did. And it, you know, it resulted in there being a little more space um, when I'm working in apps. So that was a nice change that, that helped things. Um, one other kind of just thing I discovered is that it's really easy for me to adapt between the two different sizes. This wasn't true right at the beginning. Yeah, so Mm. when I first started using the 11-inch, I was like, oh yeah, this is small. And uh, I used it for a couple hours, and then I went back to my 12.9-inch. And uh, I tell you the truth, the, the first thought that came to my head was, oh, now this is a real computer, <laughs> um, which I, I don't mean to offend any 11-inch people. Um, that's not how I feel today, but that was just kind of my initial impression because the 12.9-inch is just very different in, in how much it can hold on screen, and, and it's what I've been used to over the years. But after just you know a couple days of use, I can really easily switch between the two devices now. And... Honestly, I'm finding myself drawn to the 11 inch. Um, I use the 12.9 and it just feels bigger than it needs to be for me. Whereas the 11 inch just feels like a really nice compact size. Um, no, it doesn't show as much on screen, but I, I don't know. I've kind of developed a, a bit of a liking for it. But I, I've been surprised by how quickly I can you know, switch back and forth. And there is actually on one occasion when I was using, I think I'd switched several times that day between the 11 and 12.9. And at one point I um, was using the 11, but I thought that I was using the 12.9 because I just had gotten so used to it. And so I was looking at the keyboard and I was like, oh man, I didn't realize that, you know, there are half size keys on the 12.9 inch keyboard too. That's a bummer. Like, and I didn't even realize it until later on that day that, oh, wow, I was actually using the 11-inch that whole time, and I was thinking that it was the 12.9. So 
I don't know that that's going to be everyone's experience, but for me, I've been surprised at how easy it is to switch back and forth and and adjust to them. And um, I mean, I, I know that's generally true with, with other like screen sizes, like with iPhones. I, I find that I tend to adjust to whatever the screen size I'm using is. Um, with TVs, uh, over the years, TVs have gotten bigger and bigger and at one point, I would have said anything over a 40-inch just seemed way too big, and now I have a 55-inch TV. Um, mm-hmm. You just kind of get used to it, and I've really just easily gotten used to both sizes, and I found them both really valuable and both really adequately able to handle the work that I do. So that you know that's been nice, although it certainly has made it more difficult trying to make a decision about which iPad I'm going to use going forward. Um, I, I want to talk about tablet mode and using external display, but any, yeah, any questions so far? Going. Okay. No, I wanted to know about like, so w- this whole thing started because uh, you were interested in this idea of the same iPad, a, a compact iPad that you could use as a tablet as a, with an external keyboard and connected to an external monitor. So how, how did that go? So the external monitor Part. I'll start with that just because it's going to be really brief. It has been fine. So one of the things I was looking forward to and was thinking would be an advantage of the 11-inch over the 12.9 is that based on the aspect ratio, where the 11-inch has a wider display um, you know, relative to its height than the 12.9-inch, I thought that that would be a better fit for monitors. And I I think it is for most monitors, but with my monitor in particular, which is nothing special. um, I I bought a relatively cheap monitor just to use with my Mac mini last year. But with my monitor in particular, there's just as many black bars on at the top and bottom of the display and on the sides when using the 11 inch versus the 12.9 inch. That really didn't make a difference there. If I were to go all in on the 11 inch, I would probably get a different monitor in the future that's more suited to the aspect ratio that's 4K um, because I I don't have a 4K monitor. And so um, it was fine. I mean, at this point in my life, I don't see myself using an iPad connected to an external display much, mainly because I think I mentioned earlier, I'm just not really a desk guy. Like I don't... Mm -hmm. I'm fine sitting at a desk for a few hours, but I don't necessarily find it more comfortable. Maybe if I bought a really, really nice, you know, chair, then that would be different. But uh, I enjoy, you know, sitting on the bed, sitting on the sofa, reclining, whatever the case may be, being a little more uh, flexible with sitting arrangements rather than kind of being stuck at a desk. And I could see maybe at some point down the line, if, if I'm having more RSI issues, uh, related to the ways that I normally use the iPad, then potentially it would be better for me and just my physical well-being to use an external monitor more. Um, that's not the case right now. And so, you know, I, I could see myself at certain times valuing an external monitor more, but I really think that Apple needs to make some changes in iPad OS before I'm going to be drawn to using an external monitor again. I mean, the way that it works now is really leftover from 
long ago kind of second screen functionality that wasn't really intended for productivity apps. And most apps don't support it in a special way. I mean, there's some that do, like MindNode, the mind mapping app has a great um, support for external displays. But the way that things are now, there's really nothing that's drawing me to using one. And so when it comes to using an 11-inch versus 12.9, not only is the aspect ratio not, you know, not a difference maker at all with my current monitor, but I just don't think that an external display at this point in my life and at this point in iPadOS's life, when it's not really a fully featured part of the operating system, um, I don't think that's going to be a big part of my iPad use going forward. Uh, tablet use is, as you said, it's it's really one of the biggest things that drew me into this experiment because using the iPad as a tablet is something I haven't done for the five years that I've been using the iPad Pro. I mean, just on very rare occasions would I use it in a tablet configuration. I always use it more like a laptop. And so I love the fact that you can just pull the iPad off of the Magic Keyboard. It detaches mm-hmm. from the magnets. It's really easy. It's really easy to reconnect. Um, and that's true with both sizes of keyboard. Um, and so that's been great. But at this point, at least, and it's really, I think it's too early for me to draw any big conclusions. But at this point, I'm not using the iPad as a tablet as much as I would have expected. Part of that might just be it's hard to break a habit. You know, I'm so used to just using my iPad as a laptop all the time that I think I need a little more time to think through different scenarios where I would want to use it as a tablet. What I did this last week as I've been thinking about this is I went back to the original introduction of the iPad where Steve Jobs talked about the iPad being a third device in between a phone and a traditional computer and how the iPad really existed to do certain things better than those other devices. And uh, there's, there's a list of things that he named. Um, web browsing, email, photos, video, music, games, and ebooks. And I kind of revisited that list because... For me, since I haven't used an iPad as a tablet in so long, I wanted to kind of get back to what was the original vision for this product, and if I am going to start using it as a tablet again, what are those things that, you know, using it as a tablet would be better at than using it as a laptop or even using my iPhone instead? I don't really use the Mac much, so that's not really part of the equation anymore. But um, so I went through that list and kind of checked off okay, is the iPad as a tablet better at this thing than the iPad in laptop mode or than my iPhone? And so just briefly, I want to go through that list and and talk about that. For web browsing, I think that the iPad can be better. Um, It's really nice, just as Steve Jobs demonstrated all those years ago, it's really nice just holding a website in your hand. not so much in landscape, as you kind of pointed out. It seems better, the 11-inch at least, it seems better as a portrait device if you're going to use it as a tablet. Um, so it's nice browsing websites that way. It's not necessarily that much 
better than using a laptop. Um, there's there's something nice about it, but I don't know how much I would do that moving forward with certain articles. So I I do a lot of reading in Apple News, and for that. I actually really enjoy the iPhone reading experience more than the iPad. Uh, with the iPhone, I can hold it in one hand more comfortably than I can hold the iPad. And the layout, because of the way that kind of the Apple News format works, the layout of articles is really nice on an iPhone, whereas that may not be the case with different websites that you go to, uh, where the iPad kind of has an advantage because it it shows the original layout of the website better. Um, so much of my reading happens in Apple News. And so, you know, it's, I don't know. It, I feel like lots of the web browsing that I do, um, I'm fine with it happening in the laptop. I mean, it could be nice. And I'm going to try to do this more intentionally in the next week, you know, browse the web on my iPad more uh, in tablet mode. But, but so far, that hasn't really been a big difference maker. Uh, with email, I find that this is better on a laptop or a better, in this case, um, on the iPad with the Magic Keyboard attached because I need a keyboard. Uh, Anything involving text that I would do on my iPad, I want a hardware keyboard for. Um, I don't want to use the software keyboard in landscape because it takes up too much of the screen, I find. And I've also tried, you know, using the iPad Pro in portrait and using the software keyboard and I found that while you can do thumb typing, just kind of holding it, you know, in portrait orientation, you can do it. It's not particularly comfortable. I think I was expecting it to be more like an iPad mini because I used an iPad mini for several years um, a while back and I would thumb type on it all the time and it was fantastic for that. The 11 inch iPad Pro is still just a little bit too wide to do that comfortably, at least for me. Um, and so, you know, email for me is, is way better on a magic keyboard than it is using the iPad and tablet mode with photos. That has been the number one thing that, that has been really appealing to me using it in tablet mode is just browsing my photos, um, sorting through pictures that I took at the park and, you know, deleting the ones that weren't as great, uh, photos on this iPad when you're holding it in your hand are so beautiful. And I've really, really enjoyed browsing my photos in tablet mode. It's been great. It's, it's better than, you know, keeping it in a keyboard. Um, and it's better with the 11-inch because it's more manageable to hold it than the 12.9-inch. So that's been really nice. With video, um, I mean, maybe the aspect ratio can contribute to video being better in some ways. But I don't watch a ton of video on my iPad. And when I do... It's usually, I'm not usually holding the iPad. I like to just have the video or the iPad sitting maybe out in front of where my wife and I are sitting and we're watching something on it. And so I kind of think that because of that, the 12.9 inch is better for video for me because it can sit in the Magic Keyboard, which holds up the iPad well, so we don't have to hold it. Um, So I feel like the bigger iPad's better there. Um, Music, I, I don't quite see how the iPad could be better for music than the iPhone, uh, iPhone with AirPods. And so I don't think it has an advantage there. Uh, Games, I've thought about this, and I'm sure there are scenarios, depending on the game you're playing, where the 11-inch iPad Pro could be the best place to play that game. 
Um, but in my mind, if if a game is really optimized for touch, then it's probably best on an iPhone. And if it's not as well optimized for touch, then you're probably better off using a connected controller. So like I have a Bluetooth Xbox One controller that I um, play some Apple Arcade games on. And if you're going to use a controller, then you might as well play on a bigger screen. So I think the 12.9 inch is better in that scenario. Um, So I'd kind of lean toward either an iPhone or a bigger iPad when playing games. And then eBooks. This is what I was expecting would be really influential in my decision about which iPad to land on because I read a lot of books. Um, I've actually read a whole lot more this year even than I have done in the past. And so I was expecting that reading on the iPad would be just this really fantastic experience. And it honestly hasn't been. So I normally now, because I don't ever use my iPad Pro 12.9 as a tablet, I normally read on my iPhone. And I've gotten used to that, and I actually really enjoy that. With the 11-inch, what I've found is that in Apple Books, which is the app that I read you know, 95% of books in, uh, the only time I would read like in Kindle or a paper book is if for some reason a, a book isn't available on Apple Books, which happens sometimes, but it's pretty rare. Um, but I like to read in Apple Books. And in Apple Books, I found that when using the iPad Pro in portrait orientation, that the lines of text are just a little bit wider than I would like them to be. And so if I could, I would increase margin so that they're not quite as long because I find that it slows me down reading when I have to read uh, a longer line versus like on my iPhone where it's shorter lines and I can kind of continuously scroll and keep up with the words as I'm reading. Um, In books, there are not options for setting the margins and there's very little margin on the iPad Pro when you're reading in portrait orientation. And that's been a really big disappointment for me because I was expecting this to be a great book reading device. And for me at least, you know, currently with the way that Apple Books is with no margin settings, it's not. I, I, I found that I would rather read on my phone than read on this iPad. And that's been surprising and disappointing, but that's, that's kind of how things are. And so you know, one thing that I've done is I've put the iPad um, in landscape in split view with some random other app just to reduce the size of the text line um, Mm -hmm. so that it's not quite as wide. So I've done that. um, And then, you know, even just holding the iPad, like if I'm laying down, which I like to do when I'm reading sometimes, that's perfectly fine on a phone um, with the iPad where, yes, you can hold it one-handed, but it's not quite as comfortable. It's just not as ideal. Uh, One thing that I've done is because the Magic Keyboard is so sturdy, I've taken the iPad off the Magic Keyboard, turned the Magic Keyboard around, and then kind of propped the iPad against the, where it's leaning against the backside of the Magic Keyboard. Um, And that's been a way to kind of keep it propped up when I'm lying in bed reading. And that's worked okay, but an iPhone's still better. And so, you know, uh, I'm still thinking about kind of what I think about these two devices um, the 11 inch has been disappointing in several ways that I wasn't expecting. 
But in other ways, I kind of enjoy the size. And I find that the 12.9 inch at this point feels a little big. And I'm kind of hesitant to move to the 11 inch when I consider that Apple might, in, in software, take better advantage of the 12.9 inch in the future. So like you mentioned, the idea of using a 15 inch iPad Pro and now that there's proper you know, trackpad support and there's a magic keyboard, I think it's possible that we get a bigger iPad in the future. And if that happened, then I suspect there would be software changes that took better advantage of bigger displays. And maybe those software changes would be applied to the 12.9 inch as well, but not the 11 inch. And so I kind of don't want to give up what might happen in the future. But at the same time, I've really been enjoying the smaller size. Just, I, I, I don't know, it just feels more right in lots of ways. I know I've shared lots of negatives about the 11 inch, but I'm not quite decided on what I'm going to do yet. <laughs> and um, I'm planning to write an article for Mac Stories, uh, hopefully to publish next week, where I kind of go through some of the things that we talked about today, but then also, you know, flesh out some of the things that I am still undecided on. And so I'm hoping over the next week, as I get more testing in, as I use the iPad as a tablet more, um, that I will figure out what I'm going to do going forward. Um, I'm I'm leaning toward at this moment, just keeping the 12.9 inch because I already had the 2018 model and I could return the 11 inch 2020 model and save a lot of money. Um, But I I don't know yet what I'm going to do. And if I were a new person to the iPad and I just ordered both of these to try them both out, um, I'd maybe be more likely to stick with the 11 inch Whereas right now, because I already had the 12.9, it's, you know, it's more cost effective to, to just kind of return the 11. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do, but, uh, but that's kind of how the experiment has gone. Um, what, what do you think? Are you surprised at all? Um, yeah, I mean, this has been like very detailed <laughs> explanation. I'll, uh, I look forward to the story. I'm not surprised that you pointed out those negatives. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, some things that you do, like um, keeping the secondary app in split view and uh, when you're reading or like uh, placing the iPad against the, the magic keyboard, like those are very, you are a man of very peculiar needs and requirements uh, for some things. But um, I I feel like you will end up keeping the, the big iPad Pro, but I want to see like use it a few more days and i want to look forward to this story i'm very curious to see what you end up choosing yeah me too (laughs) um so i don't know what we're supposed to do about the next challenge because i I guess you're assigning me a challenge so today we you know we both did it but i'm the one that assigned that so um i guess before we close out you need to give me a challenge for next episode uh sure. I want for the next episode I want you to identify a problem on working on your iPad and fixing it with a shortcut or without requesting my help. So l- take a look at your workflow and understand what is something that could be fixed by a shortcut. Doesn't have to be a complex shortcut, it could be a simple thing. But like I'm mostly interested in the process of identifying the problem itself if that makes sense like trying to l- take a look at how you work take stock of the limitations that you run into the issues that you run into 
and come up, like identify what the problem is and then try to fix it with a shortcut. So when you, when you say that I can't get your help, does that mean I can't get the help of any of the shortcuts in the Mac Story Shortcuts you, Archive? You can, you can, but you cannot ask me okay. if it's a new problem okay. and it's something that is not covered in the archive. So I can get past Tichi's help, just not present Tichi. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's good. That's good. Because, I mean, I don't know what it's going to be off the top of my head right now, but I've found that it's so helpful. Not not necessarily that I would take any of those shortcuts and use them exactly as they are, but as a starting point, um, they'd be helpful. So I'm glad that you are allowing me that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this has been episode 24 of Adapt. I'd like to thank our sponsor for today, Text Expander from Smile. If you want to find the show notes for this episode, you can go to our website, relay.fm slash adapt slash 24. And if you want to follow us online, Federico's on Instagram and Twitter as at Vitici. That's V-I-T-I-C-C-I. You can find me on Twitter as at I-Ryan, T-L-D-R. That's I-R-Y-A-N, T-L-D-R. And both of us are writing at MacStories.net. Until next time, Federico, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Bye.